0: experiences are what define us. Everything in your life can teach you. We call these our defining moments. Now, join Debbie Montgomery Johnson and her featured guest as they help you stop hiding things in your life and instead learn to embrace them and stand proud. It's defining moments and it begins now. Here is your host, Debbie Montgomery Johnson.
1: Well, hello everyone, this is Debbie Montgomery Johnson, and I'm so excited to be here today. It is a fabulous day in Florida, you'd all laugh, we just had a cold front come in, and I think this morning it was the low of about 60, and it's going to be high of 75, which is absolutely gorgeous, and I'm relishing the the sun outside. Now, it's funny, my guest today is coming to us from France, and we've had a few Technical difficulties, but I'm so excited that she's here. But before we get there, I just want to say something that has that has come up for in my life this past week. And the reason I'm doing this show, defining moments, is because five years ago, actually five years ago, I, the scam was was uh, revealed to me, and I had that in my very first show. But this past week, I was contacted by the Palm Beach Post, which is a local newspaper here in Palm Beach County. And I I gave my story, and it was called, In Love, a Lake Worth Woman Gave Online Stranger $1 Million and Lost It All. And wouldn't you know, my article showed up on the front page of the Palm Beach Post with a two-page article within. So I want you to go see that. If you know anybody that is dating online, they need to read my story before they actually get involved. The number of people that have contacted me since this article has sh- has shown or was published is amazing, just amazing. And I was actually interviewed on Monday from CBS 12, a CBS affiliate here in Palm Beach County, aired three times on Monday about being scammed online. And the state of Florida has actually come out with warnings for seniors in particular, but all people to be careful about online scams and in-person scams. But online is over a billion dollars a year is lost. So I just wanted to put that out there. And then the most incredible thing happened yesterday. I was at a seminar with a friend and ran into a very good friend of mine from Vermont. And his picture, talk about being the the third part of the triad here, his picture, profile pictures from Facebook were being used by scammers to scam women. And he is now in the middle of an FBI investigation because of that. So beware, beware. This is not a story that needs to be taken lightly. We have to protect one another, protect our personal property, protect our personal uh, profiles and all that because it is a huge, huge thing. And I just wanted to put that out there because my defining moment is now turning into a much bigger thing uh, than I had anticipated. And I'm really excited about it because I told Channel 12 that I will be the voice of those that are not heard because people are too scared to tell their stories. So that's why we have Defining Moments, that's why we're here, and we're going to go right in to a discussion with a good friend of mine, a lovely dear friend of mine, Sammy Blindell. Sammy's coming to us again from France, but she's got a British accent, so we're going to get into where she's actually from and what she's doing in France right now. So, Sammy, are you there?
2: I am. Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm so excited. Bonjour, bonjour, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Bonne nuit, isn't it nighttime over there? It's nighttime over there. It is. It is. It's just gone 10 past 7. Well, there you
1: go. Yeah. We'll see. So I just want to give a little bit about Sammy. She's a, a branding expert, a branding psychologist. She is the branding queen in my eyes. She's been in the business for 23 years in branding strategy, branding design, branding communications, color psychology, which I think is cool, neuro-linguistic programming, all sorts of wonderful things to make people's brands or branding Um, the best they can be. She is an expert and the person to go to. And we're going to get into that at part of our show today. But Sammy, I know in your life you've had some defining moments and they're not about business. They might have been personal. So I always like to ask my guests when they come on about their moms. I have a special Mm -hmm. place in my heart for my mom and the way she brought me up to be Uh, a strong woman, but one that I actually learned how to hide behind our smiles a little bit because we wanted to put on that perfect persona. Mm -hmm. So can you just tell me a little bit about your mom? And did you ever have any defining moments with your mom and what were they?
2: Gosh, yeah, loads. <laughs> My mum and I are very similar. We we can just stand to be under the same roof for about five days, but we're both <laughs> we're both very strong, very strong women. Um, what I would say, really, a defining moment for me was was actually about four years ago, just over four years ago. And I'm really pleased you've asked me this. Actually, I was only thinking about this last night. I had no idea you were going to ask me about this. Um, it was just about four years ago when I'd, I, would, I was just in the process of selling my sixth company. So I'd built six businesses before this one. And I, I was going through a real um, emotional time because we were selling that business. And at the same time, my grandmother died, my mum's mum. And she was always very, very close to me. I mean, if I go back to a defining moment, even you know, when I was two and a half years old, my parents split up and my father tried to kidnap me And in this whole big um, horrid, a relationship breakup she whisked me out of London and we ended up going to stay with my grandma and granddad my grandparents who had moved outside of London at that time and and my mum went to work and I ended up pretty much growing up with my grandma Uh, you know my mum and dad they were always working until she Um, went on maternity leave to have my brothers and I was 11 and 12 when she had them. So I spent a lot of time with my grandma and it wasn't until we were at her funeral just before well just after um, we were signing all the paperwork for the business and I remember there were some conversations that happened you know when you go to a funeral and yeah it's sad but then afterwards everybody celebrates that person's life and you start talking about the old times and the good times and there was something came up and someone said something about um, you, know, oh, when, you know, when their child was learning to swim and my mum said, yeah, I remember when I taught Sammy to swim. And I immediately thought, that wasn't you, that was grandma. Grandma taught me to swim. You didn't tell, teach me to swim. And then something else came up a little while later where, you know, something about my first day of school and my mum said about my first day of school, I thought that wasn't you on my first day of school, that was grandma on my first day of school. And that was a defining moment for me because I, I just thought, oh, my goodness. I either don't know you at all, and I've replaced you in my mind with grandma, or you know, that, that there's something seriously wrong here. So when we sold the company, I made a commitment to move over to France, where my parents had been living by that point for 13 years, and um, and I came over here to to get to know my mum again. Really, um, she also wasn't taking it very well with my grandma dying. Obviously, that that's not a great thing to go through. So I I literally, I came back to France and it was a perfect time to do so, just to kind of get to know her again. And over that six month period that I came over, we built such a strong relationship that I ended up moving here permanently. So that was four years ago and I've lived in France ever since. And we have such a strong relationship now and we've created many, many hundreds of defining moments since that point. And I'm so glad that life worked out in that way And, and that we've been able to spend that time together. And I was able to recognize, hang on a minute, I don't think we know each other as much as we could do. But of course, I'd had my head down building businesses. That's why I hadn't really had much time for the family. And I tell you what, it does not make you think when, when you realize, wow, I don't really know you like I should know you and want to know you.
1: That's an interesting that it's interesting that you said that because I had that epiphany in my mind, too, when I was writing my book uh, a year ago. And I realized or I thought all along that when I went away to private school and I was young, that my mom and dad got to know my best friend better than they got to know me. <laughs> and that made me sad. And it also uh, kind of steered me away from sending my children away to school because I didn't want yeah. them to miss what I thought I missed. And yeah. I did the same thing with my mom when when I when the book came out last year. I was going on a cruise. I was speaking on a cruise. I took mom with me, only my mom, <laughs> yes. and we spent four days together just talking about the stories in the book because there were things that I came I brought out that I didn't ever talk about. Yeah, and yeah, you know you always look for your at least I do. I look for my mom's approval all those years, and there were so many things that I knew that she may not like, and I just never talked about them. Yeah, I I didn't Mm -hmm. want to bring him, I didn't want to put him out there. Mm -hmm. I'm much, much more willing to do that. And my mom and dad just moved down here to Florida, they're only 10 minutes away. And it's so fun to go swimming in the morning (laughs) and see her there just for, you know, a half an hour, 45 minutes and give her a kiss and go on my way. Uh, But you know, it's nice as we get older. But
2: it it also makes me go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, it, it is, and and we you know need to recognise how important these people are in our lives as we're growing our businesses. There, there was another defining moment that I've just remembered as we're talking here, as you were saying that, where, um, gosh, I went to uh, an event and the speaker he had us go through a visualization exercise where we had to step into the future and think about what kind of it was business related so um you know what kind of business did we want in 10 years from now and he did this whole thing around what life do you want what business do you want and after 10 minutes the visualization was really strong we then had to commit to a piece of paper we needed to write one two three four five and and next to each of those numbers we had to write the name of the people that we're spending most of our time with you know whether that's a group of people whether that's your animals whether it's your children it might be a friend it might be customers anyway I wrote this list of five people down and once you've got those names down I'm obviously whizzing through this activity but once you've got them written down you then have to go and write down next to them on a score of one being least ten being the highest how they're helping you achieve that vision. And I went through and my mum was on there because I, I was talking to her all the time but she was like a a two out of 10 on how she was helping me to get to that vision. And the the five people that I had written down, not one of them were helping me get to where I wanted to go. The first one was my husband. He was a nightmare. He he was so jealous of my business. I'd actually found something that I felt that I was good at, that I was comfortable at. And he absolutely hated it. And in the end, he gave me an ultimatum. And unfortunately, he didn't win. (laughs) So because I'd done this exercise, I was already prepared and isn't it funny how the universe already already aligned you? I'd only done this activity about a month before that happened. Anyway, I went through and I thought, well, do you know what? I want my mum in my life. I don't want to kind of remove her. So I made a commitment to sit down with my mum and tell her what my vision is and share with her exactly what it is i want from my life and what i see and how i'd like her to be involved in it and you know what from that moment she became a hundred out of ten she's my biggest brand advocate she's part of my business i hold all of my business retreats at her place in france where they've got a beautiful holiday place and you know it's just how those things work out so i really would encourage you if you're listening to this is just think about what is that score out of ten for you and your mum, and how could you make that a hundred because it's not just their job to do that it's your job to also step up and start sharing with them as well I just wanted to share that
1: well that's really neat and I found too that a lot of the women that I've gotten to know over the years that are that are very strong business women many of them really don't have a good relationship with their mother and it could be that they you know wanted to do something their mom didn't want them to do or their mom didn't understand what they were doing I mean I think my mom's greatest regret, bless her heart, she's eighty three now and she went only to two years of the university. She regrets that she didn't finish. Yeah. And I'm talking to her the other day and that came up again and my <laughs> father said, Well, you did you didn't need it, but you know what? I think inside she really did. So I encourage yeah. I I encouraged my daughter before she ended up getting married. I said, You must finish school because given my background where Lou passed away, I needed to take care of the family. Yeah. I was like, Jen, this is something that you need to do uh, because when you're 88, if you don't, you're going to look back and say, oh, why didn't I do that? Right. And our mm-hmm. moms, at least mine, grew up where you didn't have to go to school, that she married a very successful man and she was a great mother, a stay-at-home mother, and I loved her for that. Um, her mom did the same thing. And there, the aspirations to go out into the world, so to speak, Weren't as demanding as they are today, and I have a lot of friends that want to come back home. You know, they've done the outside <laughs> work thing, and they want to come back mm-hmm. home. And I am such a uh, proponent of both because I've done both, <laughs> and there are values to both. Um, <laughs> but you've spent a lot of your life. I mean, you just said you had six build, six companies. You're on the seventh.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> what have you learned? I mean, six is a lot. Most people would be happy to build one.
2: Uh, <laughs> Well, the other the other six were lessons. <laughs> this is the this is the fun. I just I really see it that way. Um, you know, that my first business I went into because I'd been made redundant two Christmases in a row because of incompetence of the companies, their management of cash flow, their management of people, and two companies I saw just go under with really poor management, and I could see that it was happening. With the third company, I thought, well, come out of here before anything happens to this. And there was a choice I could either go back into employment and have someone still control my income and still, um, you know, control my time, or I could set up my own business. And I mean, looking back now, I, I was terrified. I was terrified. That was back in 2002. Um, but, you know, uh, there was some part of me that wanted the freedom greater than I wanted the money. <laughs> and, and and I just decided, you know, what if, if I'm serving in the biggest way that I can, I should never have a problem with the money. So, yeah, each business that I built up, I, I learned loads of lessons. You know, I've sold companies. I've merged businesses and sold them for one big acquisition. I've, I've wound a company down because it wasn't performing in the way that I expected it to. You know, there's loads of lessons that I learned. And actually, when it came to, uh, to, <laughs> to me moving to France, I actually moved here to retire. I had no interest at all in starting up another business. I was here just to, you know, to, to find myself, to find love. You know, I've, I've been so busy working that I hadn't had time for a relationship. and um, I hadn't had time for my family. Now it was time to start enjoying life. But uh, <laughs> after three months of my, my brain having a rest, my creativity and my innovation just went boom. It exploded. And um, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to test this. I'm going to create something totally different to anything I've done before. I've been helping all of these other companies to make millions of pounds, dollars and euros. So now it's my turn. If I if I can help them to do it, if I can't do that for myself, there's something wrong. And I also, I, I get very frustrated when you probably get frustrated with this as well when you, you know, people go on one course and all of a sudden they're out there selling it like they're some expert where you and I have got so many years of mastery behind us that for me it was like no you know I don't want to be one of these people that keep doing it for others I need to do this for myself because how can I show someone else how to do this if I can't do it and this is the fastest growing business I've ever had it exploded it, within 18 months we were in 24 countries it's just gone boom and and, and within the first 12 weeks, we had £18,000 of retainer income coming in. We shot from £473 million in the Google search rankings to number three on the first page in that same time. So it was, you know, we really put our money where our mouth was and, And I also thought, you know, we want to test this in 12 weeks because that's the average amount of money that if somebody has left employment, I know both times when I got made redundant, I had about 12 weeks worth of income before I needed to get another job. So that's why we gave ourselves that 12 week deadline really and we aimed for 15000 in that whole period of time because that would give us some investment to put into the next phase of growth but after that 12 weeks we had 18000 coming in every single month of retainer income so I, you know, all the lessons I learned from those previous six businesses I poured them into this one and those uh, that's how we've built this you know I set out to build the world's largest and most valuable brand building resource and that's what we did from day one I walked talked ate slept you know lived and breathed as if I am that and it became that very quickly and that's what I would say to anybody who is either thinking of starting a business or is just in those first throws or even really annoyed at the fact that your business isn't performing in the way you want it to it can change in 12 weeks when you just put the right things in place it really can Well, I'm signing up because I've been running a
1: company for 12 years, and lately I've been feeling, is this just a really expensive hobby, or is it something that I can really continue as a viable uh, course of income? And it just makes me laugh when I think of, you know, you you just get so excited I can see you because, you know, you and I were together (laughs) in in California uh, jumping off of – poles, 30-foot poles and and doing the change makers. (laughs) (laughs) You were there in spirit. And uh, we're going to talk about that. But uh, we're going to go to a short break in a minute. And we're going to talk about branding and between the difference between branding and marketing um, okay. I know I didn't know the difference until I heard you speaking up in Orlando and uh, and because there are so many people that are getting into the, or are starting to own their own company that are entrepreneurs that are just yeah. reaching for that shiny object and are getting yeah, pulled okay. into so many things that I, it's really important to hear how you do it and how you do it differently and yeah. uh, and maybe you know you'll have an offer but we're gonna go to break a short break but before we go, I want people to uh, get onto your website, Sammy, to check check you out. So could you briefly give your website so they can take a look at it while we're on break?
2: Yeah, sure. It's howtobuildabrand.org. Really simple. Howtobuildabrand.org.
1: Okay. We're going to have everybody go to get a drink of water so you can be refreshed <laughs> and you're going to go to howtobuildabrand.org. Take a look at Sammy and what she does and come on back in a in a couple of minutes. We'll be right there.
0: See you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voice America. Religion and faith are many different things to many different people. Once you have the basic foundations of religious faith. The rest is up to you. Listen for Everyday Spirituality with host and life coach, Kimberly Tobin. We can look past the restraints of religion where it is thought that one belief is the gold standard and everything else is wrong. Spirituality can be found in everything, and we can peacefully exist with different paths to belief. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Women.
1: Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Each show will focus on a
2: central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life
1: and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: successful life
1: voice america women your passion starts here
0: you are listening to defining moments with debbie montgomery johnson to reach the show today please call in to 1-866-613-1612 that's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to Debbie at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. Now, back to Defining Moments.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I am having the most fun conversation with my friend sammy blindell and sammy is a branding queen but before we get into the difference between branding and marketing i remember hearing a story that she told i've twice now i've heard it and it just makes me laugh and it was sammy it was when your dad when someone asked your dad what they thought you did for a living can you you tell our audience what your dad thinks you actually do
2: Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, the reason that came about was because I flew my business coach over. I do believe that no matter what kind of expert you are, you should always still invest in getting another expert that does what you do to come and give you that reflection. And I paid for another expert to fly over, and they were sitting there with their book and everything I said that was coming out of my mouth, you know, they were writing it down to find out where the treasure was that I'm just overlooking. Because how often do we sit down and, we have conversations with people, and this absolute treasure, this pure gold, flies out of your mouth, and you just take it for granted that you know this stuff. So he's sitting there with this pad, and my dad comes walking into the room. And I said, Hey, dad, why don't you tell Andrew what you think I do for a living? And my dad said, no, 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 you don't want me to do that. And I said, no, I really do. I really do. Because I know what you're going to say, but he doesn't. So let, let's <laughs> let, let's just see if you're going to say what I think you're going to say. So anyway, he turns around to to Andrew and says, all right, I think that Sammy shows people how to bullshit for a living. And Andrew's face just dropped, you know. It's like, what? You think what? So I said, right, now tell him that, why you think that. And my dad started talking about, you know, how whenever he's ever spent money on these big brands, he they don't deliver on their promises, that they, you know, they overcharge, they underdeliver, they rip you off, all the you know, bad customer service, all these experiences just poured out of him. And of course, having a real brand is the complete opposite of that. Your your brand is what other people say when you're not there. So if they're saying bad stuff, like my dad's connecting that to brand, then That's a real problem. And uh, so we started having this conversation. Then my mum came in. She started joining in as well. And we started talking about how what I do is actually the opposite of that, how I go into businesses at whatever stage they're at. If they're a new business, we come up with the entire messaging and and really get behind the branding bullshit. People don't want that anymore. You know, it's like they never wanted it in the first place. But how advertising has really stepped up, it's almost like it's, um, you know, influencing, it's trying to persuade you, it's uh, brainwashing you. And that's really what what my dad started to think that brand meant. And when I started to talk to him about what it actually means and how if you were to deconstruct the word brand and Debbie, I think I had you do this, if you take the word brand and write it backwards, you'd find that the first three letters of the word brand spell D-N-A. And I don't think there's any coincidence that DNA is the whole point of your business. It's your whole brand. That is what your brand is. So I started talking to my dad about, you know, so many people, they start with the B, which is the badge. But actually, that's the last place you want to start. You want to start with the D. The D is how you deliver how are you delivering on your promises now even if you don't have a business and you're the head of your family or you run a shop or you know you don't have to be microsoft to think about your brand how you deliver on your promises is essential you know if you don't turn up on time that's what people are going to remember you for. If you're negative when you walk into a room or you dealt with a situation negatively, that's what they're going to remember you for. So imagine if you have a business, that, that that's what you're going to be remembered for, all those things. If you're the person that comes in the room, you light it up, you're always the first person in, you're the last person out, you're the one that's serving in the biggest way, that's what you're going to be remembered for. So how you deliver on your promises is absolutely essential. The N is how you nurture people, right? Again, whether you've got a business or you're just doing this with your friends and or your family, how are you nurturing those people in a way they care, feel cared for, that they feel cared about when you put this into a business situation? How are you nurturing strangers into friends? You know, people don't want to get married on a first date. But everyone seems to think that the whole conversion word is about sales, but it's not. The real relationship, that's what happens. The conversion really happens when you turn that stranger into a friend. When that friend becomes somebody that you could have that lifetime relationship with, the A is how you associate with them. So now you've nurtured them from a stranger to a friend. How are you going to associate with them on such a level that you become their best friend, that you become that go-to person, that key person of influence, the person that they come to, even if they want something completely irrelevant to what you provide or what you do, but they come to you because they trust you. And trust is a key word here. Trust is the same five letters as brand, right? You know, when you build trust, you build credibility. Your credibility creates customers. Customers create cash flow, and the cash flow creates the business. You have to start with trust. It all starts there. So that's how you associate with people to really build that. A lot of people then think that the R stands for uh, um, how you uh, build that reputation, What you know? But whilst a brand is about your reputation, of course it is. However, you're, it's how you relate to people that really matters. And your relationship is based on how you relate. So how you've delivered on your promises, how you nurtured them through a process, how you associated them when they with them when they became a friend and made them feel, oh my God, you really get me. So how you then relate to them and build that then you can put the badge on that. That's when you really start to apply that badge. Now, taking this into context of a brand new business, you want to get that right first time or if you're at embryonic stages of your business before you start getting the logo, you want to apply those things to your business. And there's a brand strategy process that I put brand new clients through where they're starting a business for the first time and they're coming up with the idea. In fact, my book, The Seven Reasons Why Customers Don't Choose You, draws all of those key messages out for you. So that's the book is brilliant for a startup business. However, if you're an established business, And you're starting to think, hang on, you know, things might be getting a bit stale or stuff that we are doing now that we used to do. It's just not working the same way anymore. Again, the book, it draws those things out of you. What's different about what your business is doing now that it wasn't doing before? And the thing is that if you badge your business too early, which is the branding, and that's really the difference between brand and branding, is your brand is trust and the branding is the trust mark. So your branding is your logo, it's the physical presence, it's your website, it's the stuff that people physically see when they think of what you do for a living. Like If they were to type it into Google, your branding, when that's connected to those two things together, that's when you really get that that kind of i call it mind market share when you kind of you have the monopoly of their mind when they think of that one word so really you know if you've got an established business there's a different strategy to making sure that you know if you've got tons of customers you don't want to alienate those customers by coming up with loads of new messages and this great big new thing they're going to think well hang on what was wrong with what you were doing before the thing is there's there's an etiquette to doing this and there are different strategies for different stages of business. And you just want to make sure you get that right. Otherwise, you're committing what I call brandalism. And Debbie, we don't want to be doing brandalism, do we? (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) <laughs> that is, what you're saying is, I mean,
1: I'm sitting here just saying, oh my gosh, I just need to really take this in because I'm at that point with my company and, you know, it was a company that my husband started, I didn't, so it was his brand at the beginning mm-hmm. and then I changed it a little bit so that it reflected more of me and of my family and yeah. now, you know, because 12 years ago, people really didn't want your email, their, to give you their email addresses. Yes. So we've got 5,000 customers and half of them don't want to be contacted by email, but Branding and all that marketing is by email now. So how do you yes. grab those people? You know, how do you how do you get the sixty five to eighty five year olds who may not be so techy? Uh, what do you do to bring them in? Well,
2: that's a bring key, key thing. I mean, that's that's a great question, Debbie. And I wish more people would ask that, because. There are, you know, people associate. This is this is what comes to this is why the A in brand is so important, because you can't make any assumptions about how you associate. You know, there's so many different variations. There's variables for you to consider. You know, are your customers male? Are they female? Like how old are they? What is their best preference of learning? Some people will be very visual, other people will be kinesthetic, so they need to feel something. So you send so you send a video to a kid kinesthetic person they're probably going to switch off because they want something physical that's why books are still bloody marvelous you know Mm -hmm. I love a book I'm as kinesthetic as you can get kinesthetic uh, I'm kinesthetic first and then visual second so you give me a physical book and write me a message in that that is such a gift to me. You give me a Kindle download, I am mm-hmm. never going to ever read that. As as fabulous as the content is going to be, as amazing as what you've poured out of your head is going to be, it's just not going to sit with me. You know, you've got people that are auditory. They want to listen to stuff. They might love, you know, putting in, regardless of whether CDs are on their way out or not, there are still people that they, they want to listen to a CD. They're not on MP3. So you've got to think about what are the different ways that your ideal customers learn? How, how do you need to get in front of them? There might still be some really archaic ways. You know, we think about newsletters and magazines and, you know, sending stuff through the post. It's like, oh, my God, why would we do that? Well, you would do that if, you, if your ideal customer is going to spend a significant amount of money with you and it costs you, what, a dollar to create something, maybe 3 or $4 to post it you know, for the sake of that $5 or even $10, even if it cost you $20, if that customer is going to spend $1,000 a month with you, is it not worth that effort that you put into it? It's better to have less customers that really value you, that are responsive. It's not the size of your list that matters. It's how much of that list that's listening. It's how many of those people are actually friends instead of just a number. And and, people want to be treated like people, not just a number. That's a really significant thing. So the first thing I would do is really look at what are your customers' um, ways of relating and associating to what you provide? What's the best way for them? It's not about us as entrepreneurs anymore. The minute you become an entrepreneur instead of a business owner, it's not even about the business. It's about the customer.
1: Well that's true and, and it's very interesting my uh, my customers we try to bring them into the family and mm-hmm. I, you know my we just put it together a little put, a little postcard that goes in our packages you talk about putting yeah. something in the post it's just a little notice a picture of my dad and I because Debbie mm-hmm. and Dr. Jack, and on yeah. the back, I try to write a little note to every customer I send it out to. Now, there are 29 million Americans that have diabetes, and I, <laughs> I tease, I only yeah. want a million. You know, I'd like a 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like you yeah. said, I don't need a, a huge list. It's I'm developing those relationships with customers yes. that when they think of our product, which is Benfotiamine, they come to me. They don't want to go to Google yeah. or the, you know Amazon. I'm an Amazon kid, but when I get my vitamins, I go to a particular company. And that's what I want people to do with our customers, uh, with, with our, uh, our product. Um, and that's what you teach so well in the book. And it's funny, I'm looking at your book here and you wrote me a really lovely little, little <laughs> note. And I did the same with my yes. book to you because I love <laughs> a book too. I like to have a book in my hand. I'd like to use a yellow highlighter <laughs> and sit there yes. and highlight and make <laughs> notes. And then I'll listen to a CD or a DVD I'll watch a DVD along with it. But I mm-hmm. need it in my hands. And that's an interesting thing that you just said. That you had mentioned to me at one point that you are into color psychology. You do some, an audit of a brand. How do, you, how do you do that? Yeah.
2: Gosh, well, every brand has its own blueprint. And, you know, every business has its own blueprint. And no two businesses are ever the same, even if they're in the same industry. And I hear quite often when I say, oh, you know, hey, what do you do? And they say, I'm a coach. A coach of what? You know, there's, there's this whole kind of um, it's like vanilla. You know, you're just you're just blending in. You've just turned yourself into a commodity. The minute you say I'm just a or I'm a, the minute you say I'm a, you know, that, that's when you you become really uh, just some anybody else. And I think you know that's why it's so nice where it comes back to that story with my dad because um, you know once we'd actually bottomed out what I do. A couple of hours later, he went running up to Andrew and he said, Andrew, Andrew, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. I know what Sammy does. So Andrew's opened up his book and he's got his pen ready. He says, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. And my dad says, Sammy is the brand bullshit detector. (laughs) And, And Andrew's just like, what? That is amazing. I'm the brand bullshit detector. So when someone says to me, Sammy, what do you do? I don't say I'm a branding coach. I don't say I'm a branding expert. You know, I will talk about myself from the vision point of view. Someone says to me, Sammy, what do you do? I'm so glad you asked that. Thank you for asking. I'm building the world's largest and most valuable brand building resource. Wow, how do you do that? And that's led you into a conversation. So don't ever say I'm a. Before you you do anything, <laughs> just, you know, really get that next sentence right. What are you the best at? And that really comes back to how you're underpinning everything you say about yourself. And when I do these audits, I, I take an hour out. Well, it takes, um, I spend 30 minutes before we even jump on the call. So we spend an hour together. And before that, I've already requested information. So you'll have sent all that stuff to me that I need. And I'm going through online. I'm looking for all kinds of of different variations in your brand that we can then spend an hour just going through. And color is one of the most important things that we discuss during that session. And one of the things that if you go to my website, in startup resources, there's a there's a drop-down. If you go to howtobuildabrand.org, in the startup section, there's a drop-down called, I think it's startup resources, and in there, there's a values questionnaire. So what you do is you fill in that values questionnaire first and send it back to me. And we spend usually about 30 minutes of the 60 just getting really, really nailed down on those values because nine and a, 9.9 times out of 10, The values that are sent to me, they're not right. They're values you think they are, but when we really get to the heart of it and we go really deep, again, we pull away all the branding bullshit and we get to the heart of what is it that you're actually building and who are you building it for, that's when we get very focused on the values. Well, values... They all have a a certain color range that's applied to them. There are certain colors that are applied to each value. And if you go on Google, you'll find a random selection of stuff which turns my blood cold because they're all like so inaccurate. It's unbelievable. And of course, no template fits every business. But what I'm looking at is not just the colors of the values, but also the personality of the business. It's not just about you anymore. So when you're building a business around you, well, it's great if that business is going to live and die with you. But if you're building something that's more of a legacy, something that you want other people to run, well, they've got to take ownership of that as well. So we look at the, the psychology behind the personality of the company, the customers, the brand, how it's going to expand, how long are you going to have this business? Is it yours? Is it going to be a legacy? Is it something you're going to hand over? Is it something you're going to sell? So there's all kinds of different variations that I'm taking into consideration when we're having that call. And we get down to two shades out of two and a half thousand shades of color. We get it down to two absolutely fundamental colors that you need to be using in your business and wearing on you whenever you're in a business situation you know if you were sat here looking at me if we were on video right now you'd see behind me that I've even painted a picture that's in my brand colors always got my brand colors on me and around me whenever I'm having any kind of business conversation, when I go on stage, you know, it's just, it's consistency. And that's what people are looking for. They're looking for the consistent heartbeats, not how many touch points you can have with somebody to get them to buy from you. Think more in heartbeats. How can I create a connection with the people that I really want to build the most trust with? And color is a huge way of doing that. And if you can match your values and what you're building via color you know like using color to do that it will connect psychologically and completely subconsciously with them in a way that they already build rapport with you you're already building rapport with people you want to target and the people that you want to touch without even having a conversation and if you think if you go right back prehistorically, before magenta was magenta or green was green or yellow was yellow You'd see a barren piece of land, you know, rich, dark soil, and you'd see a tiny little shoot coming up for the first time. It touches the sun. You would know that that was nutrition. That was growth. It meant nurturing. It it meant so many things to you. So before things even had names, you know, you don't have to be able to read to have a, a psychological and subconscious reaction to a color. And that's why it's so important to make sure you've got the colors right. And I, I've got into companies and, you know, established companies where they've got the right colors, but the shades are wrong. And all we've done is tweak the shades, two shades, and they increase their turnover 300% just by changing the the, the shade of color. It's unbelievable. You'd think, But this is all woo-woo. Well, I can tell you that that woo-woo, it counts to dollars, pounds, and euros. And it makes sense. It makes money. You get it right first time, then you're on your way. You're having to unpick some stuff, then that's going to cause some pain. But it's not the end of the world. But if you have to do that, then there's an internal launch strategy that you'd also manage with it as well.
1: Well, I saw that. I was talking with Trish Carr yesterday. We were at a a seminar. And all the women at the seminar that were working there were dressed in these beautiful but very Mm -hmm. bright red dresses and Trish looks at me, she goes, they look lovely, but those, that color does not sell. And someone overheard her and they're like, what? And they're like, red Mm -hmm. typically means stop, not buy. And so that's a friend of ours, actually, Sharon, there you go. Sharon loves to wear red, but she doesn't sell. Someone else comes on the stage to sell and they can be in the color that would sell, but not red. And, you know, I've, I'm kind of a split personality because I have my company, but I also have the woman behind the smile. And the woman behind the smile is more, it's lace and pearls, but we haven't really gotten the color down because I go from whatever color lace dress I can get. And so I am so looking forward to sitting down with you and having you do this whole (laughs) thing on me. me. We do. We do so that I can serve. And this all comes down to um, service. And how yes. we can serve our customers, our clients, our friends, our family. And it's, I just got a book and it's its called it's something about, it's not, we have to find the why. What is the why mm-hmm. be, yeah. behind our business, behind us? And why are we serving? Why are we yeah. doing what we're doing? And yeah. you do it in such a lovely, lovely way. And of course, I love your accent too. So it's really kind of fun.
2: <laughs> well there's a lot of why in the book as well so for those of you that that do want the book make sure you come along i'm going to be in fort lauderdale on the 7th of january to run uh, a one-day transformational event so debbie if you want to bring anyone with you i'll make sure i have plenty of books there and i'll sign them personally for your listeners absolutely we
1: will be there and i i encourage folks uh, sammy's coming across the pond to do this and she's gotten involved (laughs) with the women's prosperity network the group that i uh, am associated with and it's a fun group Sammy was a change maker with me out in in San Diego, and uh, we had a great experience with the wolf connection, and getting ourselves out there with these wolf dogs and wolf wolves, and uh, <laughs> you know conquering our fears, a fear of height, fear of whatever we had, um, and getting and coming out with our own stories, and even sleeping uh, under the stars and under the shooting stars that one night, yeah, um, was an amazing adventure. And although there were only twenty of us there. I didn't get enough time with Sammy. I I really would love to spend a little more time with you um, just for my own self. So I can imagine my audience who's hearing you maybe for the first time needs to really check out what you do because, again, if you're a business owner or an aspiring business owner, you need to start off your brand, your branding, and your message the right way at the very beginning. And so Mm -hmm. please go to howtobuildabrand.org. And then Sammy's got her book called The Seven Reasons Why Customers Don't Choose You. I'd like to know one (laughs) reason
2: why they don't. What you can do to change that. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. That's it. And how you can change that's the bottom line of that. Uh, It's so important. And Sammy, our time has flown by. I can't believe how quickly. Um, so I thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to spending more time with you. I hope people will take what we've t- talked about today, and use it for their own. Realize, folks, that you know, six businesses. There were some failures, but they're not called failures. They're called stepping stones to success. And, and look Sammy, I'm I'm oh my gosh, and Sammy did it from start to finish in 12 weeks, and it's been phenomenal. I'm looking at my business 12 years. I'm like, I need Sammy. So, Sammy, <laughs> thank you so much. And, folks, keep the, connection, keep the connection alive with Sammy through the week. Go to her website and, and keep in touch with her. And also... Keep in touch with the woman behind the smile and the stuff that I'm trying to get out to do with uh, dating scam and online fraud. And check out the Palm Beach Post in, in West Palm Beach. You can just type in Palm Beach Post, Debbie Montgomery Johnson, and bring up that article about um, online scams. It's important. We need to protect ourselves, protect our elderly. And we're going to have to go for this week. I can't believe how quickly it's come. Sammy, thanks again for joining us from France. Alec it's forcing. my pleasure, President. Look forward to seeing you in Fort Lauderdale in January. And yes. folks, check us out at thewomanbehindthesmile.com. And until then, have a great week and choose your defining moments with care. Thanks a bunch, Sammy. Have a great day. You
0: Thank you for listening to Defining Moments. Be sure to join Debbie Montgomery Johnson for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Find your power this week.